Hello, my name is D'Artagnan Roy, and I'm here with... Allison Roy. And this is my podcast about 2020, basically. Basically, in pertaining to the election and major issues. So, just a, just a little icebreaker. Just tell me about yourself. Um, I'm your mom. I insurance billing. I have lived for 12 years in Maryland. I was was raised in Philadelphia, lived in 12 years in in Maryland, and came back home. Just a little bit. Well, for me, I am a, um, your son, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I am 17 years old. I was born in Baltimore, Maryland. Moved up here when I was eight, and rest is history because I've not lived that long. So, about the 2020 election, let's let's just get straight into it. What is your party? Who? I am a Democrat. I've been a Democrat. Um, I have had um, different ideas in the past of certain Republican um, political officials and may have voted for a few way back in the day. But for the most part, I am a Democrat. All right. So, saying that you are a Democrat, of course you voted for Joe Biden and... Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Which leads to my questions. First topic, we will be talking about one of the three main issues pertaining to African Americans within this country. And one of them is gun violence. So, as far as gun violence goes, you have issues of being in the hood with um, illegal guns, and then you have um, people who have legal firearms but don't need them, as in people who have um, AK-47 rifles, you don't need an AK, you don't need an AK anything living in your home. If you want to own guns, that's fine. If you have legal guns in your house, you know, that's fine. But why is an AK um, gun legal to have if you're not at war and you don't need it? Because at the time that you are defending your property or defending a person, you you mean to actually chop somebody in half with that type of gun as opposed to I'm shooting to defend my property. It's it's an overkill situation. So that's where I stand on gun violence. Alright, that, that kinda that kinda leads into my into my question. Do you think the new president elect Joe Biden as as everybody may have known that he just won the election not too long ago. Well, Saturday to be exact. To be exact. 
So, speak, speaking on him, do you think that he will focus more on gun laws within our community, such as the African-American community? Yeah, and, and such as the African-American community, now that a person of color is on. Well, the problem is that where they want to con- they want to do gun gun control or gun violence control the issue is the people who have illegal guns if you get caught it's a 5 year bid that's it like it's there's not a whole lot of this is your first time offense this is um it wasn't you know my gun and so if it winds up in your possession if you can if you can't prove that it wasn't your gun you are going up for five years. So as far as that being the the deal for gun violence, um, there's really not much more that you can do other than catch somebody with a gun because as long as there are ways to get an illegal gun, people are gonna to continue to get an illegal gun. And so I don't know what else he can do other than remove guns from people, you know, um, removing the whole AK-47 guns out of circulation. Um, but as far as guns in our community, you're going to have to turn up, you're going to have to turn up, um, police efforts with that. And that's going to be a hard situation dealing with how the police are viewed in our communities right now. Right, right. So that kind of that also comes into leads into my second question, my second and last question for gun violence, and is do you think that it starts with us as a whole to to be a part in ending gun violence? Well, as long as we have poverty you're going to have issues with gun violence as far as our community goes because people are always looking for a way to come up. And if you look at being part of the drug game as a come up, if you're looking at it as a come up, you're going to have an illegal gun at some point in time in your life where, um, people don't always look at education as a come up. They don't always look at being able to do the right thing as a come up. So as far as being um, parents and being part of the situation, parents have to believe that if they teach their kids right from wrong, that they're going to, that they're going to take the, the right path. It doesn't always happen because people are they see they see how this person is living they see and they want that and how they get that is this person may be in the drug game so that's how you're going to get it so the cycle continues as long as somebody can show that this is a great life for them and somebody is is going to want it it's going to continue it's hard to say how to get guns off the street that way That's that's it for gun violence. Now we are moving on to our next 
very, very big issue, not even just in the U.S., but in the world. Coronavirus. So, first question is, do you think 45, Donald Trump, do you think he could have handled, well, how do you think he could have handled it better? Well, I mean, going by the information that we've been given, he was aware of the situation in January, and he kind of pushed it under the table to allow it to get out of hand. Um, which well, I mean, which is what caused it to get out of hand. He um, got rid of the the group that Obama put in place for this type of catastrophe, and it was only because he's the type of president that he doesn't want to piggyback off of what Obama did. So he wanted to disseminate that and use the money for something else and then it backfired because he actually needed that group to do what was necessary to keep this pandemic from getting out of hand here. So, just basically now we're talking about it's, it's upbringing, right? So do you think that this was like a natural caused virus or a lab lab experiment gone wrong? Well, with all the reports there, the coronavirus was already... Well, first of all, this is the 19th version of the coronavirus. So the coronavirus itself is not new. The issue at hand is that they had this particular virus, this 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 stage of this virus in in a lab, and they let it go. The problem with that was they allowed people who were infected to get into this country, so it it got really big really fast. Um, and that's because our president kind of treated it like it was no big deal from the jump. Because I, when um, I was removed from work, when our, when our job had to um, shut down in March, everybody was under the impression that we were only going to be going for two weeks. two weeks, three weeks maybe, you know, and then maybe we would be back in in, in the summer or whatever, but here we are. It's about to be December, and we are still at home because of the coronavirus. So everything that was presented to presented to the public made it seem like it was never going to be a big deal, and it turned into way bigger of a deal than than I feel it had to be. it for coronavirus stuff like that now we are in mass incarceration hmm. this might be a doozy okay alright uh, let's start with this question okay do you think that mass incarceration is I would say one of the heavy hitters in, in 
the systems to disenfranchise us as in African Americans? Okay, well, the way that it makes money is that the more people you have in prison or going through the prison system keeps the people who own the prisons paid. And because the prison system is not a government-based operation, it's all privatized. If it was a government-based operation, there would be less there would be way less prisons. There would be so much overcrowding because there would be way less prisons. Because the government would have to find a way to keep their money as best as possible. How to keep their money? How to keep their money is by building less, by making making less accommodations. But if it was like that, government based, the the everything would be so deplorable. Nobody would want to be there. Nobody would treat it like it's a country club. Nobody would treat it like. It ain't that bad to be here, and so on, and so forth, and so on. You know, different people have different ideas of what it's like to be in the prison. To be in the prison system. So, as long as there are people who can glorify it, there's gonna be people who want to be in it. As long as it is people who own it privately, they're going to accept more people coming in. Unfortunately, the people who you have going in are us. Are us. And not and it's not always just us because there's white people, there's a whole Aryan nation in in prisons, there's a whole Latino um population, there's a black population. But it's all it's it's not the rich people. It's not the the lawyers and the doctors. It's not the people who are highly educated. It's all... It's, I mean, every now and again, you're going to get um, a highly educated person who has a drinking problem or a gambling problem right. who has done something that is illegal and now they're in it. When you go for a lot of the white-collar crimes, they don't wind up in regular prison. So that's where it turns into the whole country club aspect. Right. You know, but... When you looking at the majority, it's the poor people, whether they're white, black, or Hispanic. It's the poor people. It's the people who are this low, down on the totem pole, and they don't have the means. They don't have the money to fight the power. They don't have the money to bribe the judge. They don't have the money to get this best lawyer. So then you have the court-appointed attorney that really is not there for you they just there for a check until they can get out of this situation into the next situation so they're not really looking out for your best interest and if you can't afford one if you can't afford one you just have to deal with what we got and they not and they may not be in your best interest at all so then that's how you wind up being part of the system so then, when you get into the system, if you get used to being in the system, it's hard to deal with life if you get out of the system. So you wind up doing things to get yourself back into the system. 
if you get out, when if and when you get out, you have to deal with a society that wants to reject you every step of the way. So then it's hard for you to make a living. It's hard for you to start over. It's hard for people to trust you. So either you you keep working at it, hopefully you can find somebody who ha- who has your best interest at heart that is willing to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to talk to every person that I can to give you another shot, to get you back into this game, to get you, you know, you know, into into the, the proper side of this of the society. If you don't find that person to be your mentor, to be your help, you're going to wind up back in there because you got to do something to be able to live. So you're going to wind up breaking the law somehow, some way, and get just by. hope that you don't get caught. But you normally wind up. And then you wind up back in the system. And, and, it's, it, and, it's, and it's another cycle. It's, like, a, and it's a never-ending like, cycle for some like people. you said. Like, yeah. Last question. Okay. Have you or anyone you know been affected, well, affected by the racial injustice within the justice system? Personally? say that I've known people who have had um, a run-in with the police where they've had to where they've actually been in fear for their life at that moment Um, but I also have friends who are police officers and good friends who are police officers and they they know what it's like. Those are not the type of person who you would want. I mean, who would stop somebody and 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 be worse off? Have somebody worse off in this system? They would. They would want to help somebody. They would not want to be um, the person just pulling their gun out on somebody for no reason, shooting somebody like they didn't have a choice when they could have had a choice. My girlfriend has my girlfriend she she actually had to pull her her gun on someone and actually wound up having to kill someone I've had another friend who he never he's never had to pull his his gun out on someone and I've had um, someone who was pulled over but my cousin who is a who is a police officer was able to get to was able to be on the call and save that person from the idea of getting pulled over uh, I mean getting a bad situation happen to them so they were they were saved from it they never had to go all go through all of that right. so just coming like just just coming back to one of my first questions like do you think like like do you think that Biden will crack down on on the police better he, than he's incapable of cracking down on police because police is a state mandated situation so the federal can't jump in Unless it turns into a Supreme Court type situation. 
However, if they're talking about nationwide mandates for police training, for different things that they expect of of the police, um, he will have to. He will probably have some sort of legislation for for that. But as far as police, that's state and city. And it's hard for the president to actually be involved. The only way it turns into the presidency being involved is if it's nationwide coverage. The people who we have seen on TV to be affected by bad policemen is just who we've seen on TV. There's a ton more that don't make the national news, that don't make the city news. You know, um, it turns into it turns into big news when somebody dies. Man, we're getting always. It wasn't always. That wasn't always the case, right? And um, since the idea of police was brought on to control um, the black population in itself, it's meant to keep us to try to keep us in check. That's that's all we got right now. Thank you again. Can you please state your name one more time? Allison Roy. This is D'Artagnan Roy. 12th grade, building 21. I'll see y'all.